It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate, oh yeah. Hello everyone, welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Diller. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, uh, we're talking about some big changes with the DC Universe on the uh, film and movie side. You know what, Chris? I feel like people are listening to this possibly on Halloween day, or if not, like the night before. Can you say this maybe a little bit more spooky Oh, spooky. Okay, let me me get down. Spooky. This week, we're talking about the big changes with the DC Universe. Ooh, Ooh, spooky. We get our first official look at Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. The trailer. Oh, Black Panther has a red carpet premiere. And more. That was a that was the growl of yeah. a, a panther right behind you. That was, I'm so I thought it was really I was there. I looked, turned around and looked. There was nothing there. Uh, you you oh. fooled me. You had me. Yeah, you know it's a it's a cycle. the The Halloween is one of those holidays that's always on a specific date. Right, mm-hmm. uh, yep. so uh, it always changes on what type of date it is, and like sometimes it's not a big deal, but since it's such like a a children and party based holiday, uh, yes, right, uh, you never know what exactly is happening when. So mm-hmm. yep. with with, with Halloween, I guess all around the world, I don't know exactly how other parts of the world celebrate it explicitly when it comes to dates, but I guess here in North America, it is October thirty first, which is on a Monday this year. So mm-hmm. you kind of get like weekends of parties, right? Whereas I feel feel like if Halloween was landing specifically on a Saturday, you know, Halloween would be done on Saturday because we all know what's happening on Tuesday. It's yep. November 1st. The the eager uh, winter holiday people are like going to be hopping on the peppermint. They're, they are re- watching the Christmas movies. They are <laughs> ready to to just start singing those carols and decking those halls as soon as they can. And I say pump your brakes. No time for Christmas movies, Mike. We've got planes, trains, automobiles in November. I'm very excited because <laughs> this year, you, I've told you this maybe, there's an hour, extra hour-long version coming out with extra stuff they cut from from the original version way back in the 80s. So, But it is Halloween. It's Halloween weekend. Um, I believe um, Dia de los Muertos, is that is that the first or is that the 31st? When, when does that happen? Um, oh, I don't, don't ask me. I yeah, I was going to say, there's probably some, some other, some other um, I guess, uh, holidays close to this but it's fun i went to a halloween party last night mike i dressed up as thor from love and thunder my wife was the mighty thor from thor love and thunder you got to see this photo um mm-hmm. we had a good time i had the full hair and everything it is very frustrating to wear a wig with that much hair because you don't know where it starts <laughs> and it's not really your hair so um it, it was very fun very exciting uh to do that and i'm I'm glad i know you've got an outfit i don't know if you i, I don't want to say what it is unless you're willing to share but oh no i i've just been keeping it on the lowdown yeah. from people that'll see it in person it's not ex- it's not extravagant or anything but it's always more fun to like walk yeah. into like a party right and they're just like oh i wasn't expecting that but yeah i have like a kind of a somewhat kind of bootleg casual emperor cusco costume which has been fun to wear because you just need a gigantic red t-shirt and you're mm-hmm. basically halfway there. You just need some sort of like little gold crown, but I'll be throwing that on tomorrow. So yeah, like I said, it's like the night before Halloween. So we're trying to get into the spooky mood, like the spooky mood. So we've been watching some like spooky Halloweeny movies. 
uh, our area that we live in, Burbank, California, is home to uh, a lot of really creative people that work in the industry. So there's just a lot of really awesome decorations all around town. And there's uh, an article I pulled up for our area that had like a decorating contest and they listed all these addresses. So I whipped up my Google Maps and I threw all of these locations <laughs> on there and I had to like drag and move them around or else we'd be driving crisscrossing around town. So I made this like cool little loop that we drove around. Obviously, the big skeletons. The, the 12-foot skeletons? Right? Yeah, yeah, everybody I, you, loves you, them. Like, you got them even on your... They're everywhere because yeah. you can just go out and buy them. But uh, I've seen some, like... Now that they are been out for a couple years, they've been getting either, like, modified or they're making more expensive ones. There's, like, one where, like, the eyes, like, have little LCD screens so they, like, blink and they can, like, emote. And there's, like, another version where, like, the chest cavity, like, glows fire. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, I've seen some other people adding their own like clothing items too, which I oh, think yeah. is like pretty funny. So uh, I'm always down for that. The best decorations though last night were anything that was very heavily themed. And there was two that were themed amazingly. The first one, uh, I sent you a video of it. I put it up on my Instagram so you can go check it out uh, there. If it's Maybe I should save it as a highlight because I don't know how to make a reel at all. But it's uh, it was a God Save the Queen theme, which is just perfectly timed. You walk up to the, the casket and their lawn and it says like the mummy on it. And then there's all these like skeletons dressed in like this um kind of i guess regal kind of clothing union jack flags all over the place it was great it was amazing tons of people stopping stopping on the street to look at that one and uh then there was another one that was just like uh had a really cool ghostbusters set Mm -hmm. piece and um we noticed this uh, a month ago we were driving around before really the halloween vibes hit the city and somebody had a gigantic uh stay puff marshmallow like the size of their house cut out of wood and we were just like that but that was the only thing in their yard like a month ago so we went back and visited last night and they had like they had all the ghostbusters out there they had like rope led lights coming out of their proton packs connecting to them they even added another ghostbuster to the roof with another like a proton pack and it, it was great so props to everyone out here uh if you're living anywhere in the la area just like Go around and check out Burbank, California. It looks great. But it was awesome. It was awesome vibes last night. We stopped, got some slice, got a slice of pizza in the middle of looking at it. It was just cool. Mm. It, was just, it was a new, mm. I would say it's like a new Halloween tradition I think is going to be for us. Just like drive around nice. town every Halloween, nab some pizza. Uh, there was good ranch with the pizza too. That's a whole other topic. But if, bit, ever, yeah. if ever you're offering me ranch when I'm ordering the pizza and I don't have to ask for it, it's just like, ooh, I love you. Yeah, I mean, so I think for us, I mean, it's a little different where we live, right? We we have um, a big pumpkin festival that everybody goes to here. It's pricey. You can go watch these pumpkins carved. But I went to my, my in-laws, and um, what I like uh, the most about this time of year is the smell of, of like, dead leaves, right? Like, I know you probably mm-hmm. don't get as many leaves out there dying uh, as we True. do here in the Midwest. But you grew <laughs> up with it, and you know the scent, right? Like, you know, the, the mm-hmm. colder weather, the dead leaves, the kind of... I, um, it's been raining a little bit this week, right? You know, it always happens in the fall, so that that smells very, very unique. So we, my my brother in law took. He has like a, one of those like razor, like four wheeler kind of things. He pulled a trailer. We did a little hayride mm-hmm. with some kids, uh, family, um, and friends, and and it was really fun to be out in that and just like absorb the the fall weather, right? It's we we went we drove through a um you know the public graveyard like thing to make it spooky, but like at the end of the day, you're like I just like being outside. I think. One of the one of the, the nice things of the fall is being outside in in the 
the, the milder temperatures here. I don't know about you um, out there. Hopefully it is mild for you, but it's been, it's been great. Um, normally we jump in the stuff that we talk or we watch here and we talk about it, but uh, all my stuff's in the notes actually. It's got bullet points. So let's go ahead and, and jump into some of your spooky stuff here because this is probably, I wouldn't say the end of the, the, the um, legitimacy of watching spooky stuff, but like the desire to watch scary movies is probably <laughs> dies off immediately after October 31st. Oh then- yeah. Which is exactly why I watched these two things just very recently. Cause I knew once November, ter- November 1st rolled around, I wouldn't really want to watch them, but I went back and I finally rewatched uh, the very first Scream from 1996, something I haven't seen in a very, very long time. I was uh, but a scared little child when the mm-hmm. movie came out, uh, so and I was very scared of it. Uh, my brother, being three years older, was a lot more into scary movies, so it was something like, oh, my older, more like uh, adult brother would watch, <laughs> and I would be too scared and try to watch it through my fingers and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen it on uh, bits of it more on and off as I've grown up, and it's become less and less scary, so I finally sat down and watched it all the way through, and I was like, oh, man, Scream is not scary really at all it's more of like a thriller than anything else and uh, a lot of the um horror movie tropes in it are just very um kind of visibly on display because it's a very meta movie where you have a a character in there talking about scary movies and and the rules of it i think that was kind of really the selling point of the film right it was a love letter to all of the scary movies from back in the 80s so um uh, the, the the two takeaways from the Scream uh, franchise really as a whole, I would say is I think it's hilarious that Ghostface is very easy to topple over. Mm-hmm. Like it, just one like little kick while you're laying on the ground, you know, like screaming for your life to like the, his like side of his ribs. He's like down for the count for at least like 10 seconds, you know, for dramatic effect, which I thought was uh, pretty hilarious because that even carries over into the sequel that I watched of uh, Scream 2022. We just finished uh, watching that one. And uh, that one gets even more meta because uh, a very important revelation that happens between the very first Scream movie and the Scream movie that just came out this year was all of the sequels are entirely about the fictional movie Stab in the Scream universe that is based on the events of the first movie. So the the whole franchise is very, very meta and uh, the most recent film is uh, no different. Well, what, my my concern with with Scream and what had happened was the advent of Scary Movie and Scary Movie Two um, mm. really really ruined Ghostface for me because they they took that and and made it you know huge parody a lot of comedy they made it where he was just kind of goofy and like because you know I don't think Scream has like a, a license on that likeness right I think it's just a, a mask kind of thing mm-hmm. like, like literally anyone could like make fun of it and like to me it took the like you mentioned like. The, the perceived horror as a younger person yanked the rug right out from under it by making a parody version with a similar looking yeah. character. And it's funny because it's not like things have never been parody before, but yep. Scary Movie, that was a, a very, very successful launch of a franchise. They parodied, they parodied like everything once yeah. that movie became popular. And it was really easy to do. The material rights itself, you're just parodying everything else that's been out in the box office a couple years beforehand and the whole time my wife could not turn her brain off 
from calling Officer Dewey Officer like Doofus or something. I think that's what he's called in the Scary Movie franchise. Um, the one that that goes to the bedroom by himself with the vacuum cleaner, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, she could Dewey. not turn that comparison. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she could not turn that comparison off in her braid to the point where she thought it was the same person. I was like, it's not the same person. They yeah. just cast a lookalike to look similar to it. Yeah, um, because it's because David Arquette, right? In in yes, that, and he is known for humorous roles as well. So I can mm-hmm. easily see what she's doing but what i really enjoy the most about scream versus scream of this year is the cast they got most of them back right the originals came back for this so you got to see these characters kind of age up 60 or 26 years kind of thing. yeah yeah it's interesting to see them come back uh it, it does get really silly right because you have people in the movie commenting on all of the stab sequels and how they're not as good as the original, which is essentially meta commentary on the whole Scream franchise as a whole. So you have like literal characters in the movie saying like, oh, all those sequels sucked. And it's just like, you mean you're talking about the movie that you're in right now? So if you're into all that kind of like meta stuff, give it a shot. If you don't want to watch all of the Scream movies in the middle, you really don't have to. Mm. I watched the first one. I typed into YouTube Scream recap, found an eight-minute video that caught me up on everything I needed to know and I felt like I did, was not missing anything out of the most recent Scream movie so I would say go check them out but I mean we're about to hit like November 1st yeah. so maybe put them on, put them on next year's next list year. yeah put, put a yeah. reminder in your phone for October 1st of next year on yes, Scream exactly. movies because, I mean, if you're, like, a horror movie fan, you've already seen this already, right? Mm-hmm. So, really, this is just next year's Halloween recommendations. But uh, last up, there's a new stop-motion Halloween film from the director, um, Henry Selick, who's done Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Coraline, uh, James and the Giant Peach, like, all of those, like, iconic stop-motion movies. Uh, he directed a film written by... Jordan Peele and a few others called Wendell and Wild, which is a Netflix original film. And uh, obviously it's a stop motion film. It looks beautiful. Every stop motion movie I ever watch, right, always looks amazing because the amount of time and effort and craft that goes into it, like it's almost kind of like a cheat code, right? You're kind of like signing this uh, this, uh, this deal that says I'm going to put a ton of work into this movie and no matter how bad or good the story is, it's always going to look beautiful so we can at least rest our hat on that, right? So uh, I don't know if it was just the combination of late night pizza and being all out all night last night uh, mm-hmm. driving around looking at houses, but uh, the wife and I fell asleep yeah. uh, <laughs> watching Wendell and Wild, which is unfortunate because it looks beautiful, but we kind of both agreed that the story is incredibly, incredibly uh, uh, con- not convoluted. It's, it's messy. There's tons of stuff going on. There's all of these extra plot points and stories, and they just they don't. Nothing really coalesces really satisfyingly together. They're like adding lore to like demons. There's like back all these backstories for characters. There's there's these like different villains and different corners of the story trying to do their own little thing it's just so complicated and another weird thing that's i would say almost like a psa is you think this is going to be kind of a 
like a kid-friendly movie, right? You're thinking Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, James and the Giant uh-huh. Peach. Obviously, stop-motion movies do have that kind of weird vibe of being unsettling every once in a while. I feel like there's very weirdly juicy scenes in James and the Giant Peach that I can't get out of my head, right? And then you juxtapose the, the juicy peach next to, like, live giant insects. I don't know, just weird vibes in my head, right? But all those movies have been PG. I believe yeah. Wendell and Wilde is oddly PG-13, and there's, like, literally a, a demon's anus in the beginning of the movie. It's nice. played for co- It's played for comedic effect, for sure, but you're kind of, like, off balance as soon as you start watching this movie because you're like well what's going on here the main characters in handcuffs for a little bit at the beginning of the movie it's just it's very strange and that's just like the best way i can sum up this movie it just it lacks a, a focus which i feel like would really help because the mu- the movie is like obviously beautiful so um I, I, I and i say this saying i haven't even seen the last 20 minutes of the movie yet because we fell asleep and then we didn't want to finish it so uh, I'm seeing positive reviews out there for it, so if you, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you do like it. Maybe we're just missing a very satisfying yeah. turn in the third act that we haven't finished well, yet. But yeah, it, it, we weren't super stoked to go back and finish it. Yeah, uh, one of the things I would say I watched because you made me think of you know you're talking about older you know stop motion animation things horror like right you know like Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, the, um, Corpse Bride, right? A lot of stop motion mm-hmm. and horror because it adds that like unnatural like realness to it a little bit like you're like oh this is like tangible this isn't just um something you know animated but like and this is entirely really but it was making things i watched in my childhood and last night i forgot that we literally put on the uh, simpsons treehouse of horror uh, playlist on disney plus which mm. you know uh, thank god they already have that pre-built and you don't have to go like search those out because that would be a nightmare um, to try to try to put those but um you know if, if uh you, if you're looking for something to take you way back in the day uh, real fast, I just throw those on and watch those from the beginning because boy, I remember watching those as a kid. Even like not just you know, on Halloween, but like repeats, like you know, um, throughout the year. So uh, yeah, hundred hundred percent. That's that's awesome, man. That's, I mean, it's it's great that you know we there's good content there, but you know, sad that you wouldn't recommend going back and finishing it at the end of the day. Um, let's jump into news. Let's do this. Let's, let's get, let's get in this. Cause I, I put the big thing at the top, Mike, I, you know, normally I buried the lead on some of these things. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, this, this first topic for the week is the biggest thing, um, that, that has come out of it. Um, and really it was mostly just for a day. I've not heard much since then, but, uh, Warner brothers discovery, uh, whatever it's called, Warner discovery has come out and announced that, um, the DC EU is now called the DC universe officially, Mike, um, mm-hmm. So we need to go back and erase all this. But James Gunn and Peter Safran have been announced as co-CEOs of the um, DC film, TV, and animation studios over there. Yeah, I I feel like it's maybe officially called DC Studios. I'm not 100% sure what the name of it was. But yeah, essentially James Gunn and Peter Safran together... Uh, the uh, a, t- a two-headed monster will be tackling yes. what is the DC universe, and they're essentially going to be DC's Kevin Feige, which I suppose yeah. you could look at as a big compliment, right? <laughs> like yeah. Feige has been so successful, you need two people to it, accomplish what he's been able to do. Well, and um, one of the fun one of the fun things come out because come out you know after this recently is I think. Um, Peter, not Peter Saffron, um, who, the David Zaslav actually went to Kevin Feige and made him an offer to run the DC universe <laughs> before this. Um, and 
uh, James Gunn did say the first person he told after he got this job was, in fact, Kevin Feige himself. So, mm-hmm. obviously, there is no bad blood here, right? You know, uh, you know, I, he, um, I, I believe even Kevin has, has congratulated James Gunn. And, by God, going from a very much a C-list movie maker to the CEO, co-CEO of a, you know, very lucrative studio uh, with lots of options. Not just movies, but film, TV, and animation is, is huge. Um, couple couple notes here. Um, this uh, is a four year deal for them, right? You know that's pretty pretty standard fare, and it starts November first, so that is on Tuesday. But it, uh, my understanding is, it will prevent uh, Gunn from doing any Marvel projects while he's there. So um, don't expect, you know, I believe any more Guardians spinoffs from him necessarily. A Guardians four within this time frame. But it does not affect the release of the Guardians Holiday Special and most more specifically, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. So uh, yeah, we can take a breath there. Yeah, four years—not a whole lot of time to kind of really hit the ground running and to see results. Obviously, you can weigh in on things that are in production, try to tweak things, move things, add story notes. Because obviously, both of these uh, both of these creatives know story, yeah. so they can weigh in that way. But you don't necessarily have to make them, you know, CEOs and creatives in order to have you know bring them in and uh, mm-hmm. give notes. So I am curious if they're going to have like an overall strategy. You know, this will be the first time maybe in both of their careers definitely gun where they have to answer to more of a higher authority right you know they're not just going to be planning out you know story beats of their next project they have to be planning out uh, beats for this whole universe strategizing yeah. what goes on HBO Max you know what should be a series what should be a movie mm-hmm. uh, so it's a it's a different it, job but I mean yeah. maybe it's good that there's two of them Peter Safran has that producer background yeah and Gunn has the creative side to him so it's a good combo that's for sure yeah 100% I, I think and they've worked together before um, on I believe Safran was at least a producer on the Suicide Squad and uh, Peacemaker, and I think he's mm. also an Aquaman that was not gun related. So they've got he's got some some fingers in DC properties that are still you know viable, uh, if you yeah. will. Gun's got again obviously um, the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, Peacemaker Two. Um, but I think to me um, there, there's an interesting dynamic here, right? Four years. If we're talking film, you know, you can you can start putting things in place and picking people to run those movies right within four years because it's like what a year of pre-production a year of production and then a year of post right about three years to make a movie uh, if if uh-huh. if maybe that dc takes a little longer in their post-production we know that so you know um there, there might be something so they're obviously setting the board in four years maybe if things are working they'll continue this role right that's that that would be you know fantastic but maybe they can start it then pull somebody in to to see it through i i don't know uh and, and we've talked about this before and you know i think this is good news i think my my concerns and and you kind of nailed it on the head there james gunn is a creative um he's never really run a studio or really been in charge of everything right um he he's only he's written directed you know quote unquote acted in his movies i don't know how much of the producing a, an entire kind of essentially company you know the studio including film tv and animation is going to you know how much is he going to bring to that and we always we last time we when we when we reviewed peacemaker we talked about you know 
should someone should have reeled him in to really made that a better show. Like it wasn't a bad show, right? But like we agreed, it could have been like really, really good if someone would have reeled him in on some of like his jokes and references. So yeah, it does it does make you wonder if Gunn will be in the director's seat again over at DC. He's taken on a really big role, so this could be a good thing essentially, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Gunn now needs to be fostering other creatives in the industry and bringing in people that he trusts. You know, obviously he'll be in an, an executive producer kind of slot, so he'll be on set, you know, giving notes, looking at, you know, scripts playing planning out larger ideas for sure but yeah it, it seems just like it's in, in the same sense of like well you don't see kevin feige you know directing any marvel any marvel yeah. movies right but you know he is an army of one so there's no way he'd have time to do that so, he's a yeah. machine with it with a hat yeah so who knows you know i could see gun stepping in to direct you know maybe one or two episodes of like the next well, season of peacemaker or something like that right you know something that he can kind of just drop in for like a couple of weeks and then drop out and get back to work you know yeah yeah exactly so yeah that's that's one thing you know we we've talked about and you know um i I, there's a lot of questions here we just don't know um but it sounds like possibly and i would not be surprised if by comic-con of next year san Diego comic-con there is a a a big warner brothers dc films uh, dc whatever studios presentation where they announce everything he's been working on right like like this is what we're doing uh gun and saffron as a team this is what we're doing this is what we're gonna this is the future for us and we have it mapped out now because he does have that the benefit of working with marvel right he knows how marvel works on the inside he knows how they work on the outside and you know he he can probably translate a lot of that over for maybe some success at 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 warner brothers because while they've always tried to create their own you know, Marvel over there, a la Justice League, they really just kind of skipped all the actual building, right? We talked about that with, with Black Adam. There's the Justice Society. Well, who the hell are they? Why the hell don't they know each other? Why are they a team if nobody is meeting, if everyone's meeting for the first time, uh, kind of thing, but we're supposed to believe they had a history. So uh, hopefully, you know, this, this is not, this is not bad news by any means. It's just really um, surprising news, I guess, is what I would put it, put it, there yeah the the and the truth of the matter is is they got a tough year ahead of them right uh shazam fury of the gods is going to be the first film that they have uh under their belt next year right and everyone's gonna know you know very clearly that you know whether it's good or bad it's not going to be you know their fault or to their credit right they just got on the on the job right and the same for the flash and aquaman 2 next year as well you know these are all films that like they have not really had much control over so they're going to have to kind of weather the storm right whether it's good or bad and two of those titles have a whole lot of drama uh, swirling around them so yeah 2024 is probably going to be their year more than anything else mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if maybe season two of peacemaker slots in here some way and they can kind of you know maybe hang hang their hat on that a little bit more but yeah i think you're right 2024 some sort of convention i don't know if it's comic-con or fandom uh, mm-hmm. I would hope that James Gunn is just like, nobody likes fandom. I'm in charge. We're getting rid of it. And we're going to go back to Comic-Con where, you know, we're going to deliver a big one-two punch. So, yeah, you know, hold, hold on to your hold on to your the, pants the, about the, another year. 
the the two things I'll add to this at the end. Number one, um, he will not oversee Batman, the Batman two or Joker two movies. Those are supposedly in their own producers' hands. So um, they also exist outside of the DC universe, right? So those aren't connected to anything going on here. So that's fine. Uh, Which is actually that's strange. I never really thought about that. Kind of similar to when you like acquire a company or an IP. There's like these legacy contracts that are still out there, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like Feige not being able to you know, weigh in on something that's coming out yep. in the MCU. Well, that's very strange. That was phase one and, and the start of phase two, right? Whenever Marvel mm-hmm. still had their, what was it, their comics creative uh, council or whatever that, that ran through everything and everybody got mad at. But um, yeah, there's that. And also the only other thing that could affect this is literally if the rumors that um, Zazlab is coming in to streamline Warner Discovery and then resell again... Uh, another purchaser could essentially end this and start their own thing, whatever oh. that looks like. So yeah, shenanigans. Um, yeah. So you know anything? Um, I, I don't think anything bad will happen here, but you know there is that big asterisk. Like, hey, if that's true, someone buys this up, contracts are null and void. Um, right? We can we can hire and fire anyone we want in that situation. But I don't I don't think anyone's. I didn't hear any discourse about this, right? So I think I think everyone's yeah. fine. It, everyone seems to be, I would say, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah, probably even more optimistic than cautiously, uh, because that, I think they'll tie into our next bit of news here, where um, after um, you know years and years of questioning, it, will Henry Cavill come back as Superman? He says uh, he's confirmed that talks are in place for him to return as Superman in the DC universe, Mike. So mm-hmm. uh, he has come out and said that himself. Um, this could be part of the new Gun Saffron leadership, but there, are, the producer for this movie is not James Gunn or Peter Saffron. He is currently soliciting scripts or pitches for this movie, whatever it may be. So it does not sound like it will be a Zack Snyder Man of Steel two. Thankfully, it will be uh, somebody else running and and uh, going for a Superman movie with Henry yeah, Cavill. I'll be uh, I'll be really pessimistic here and say I'm probably not gonna care about this until they announce um, a director mm-hmm. that has some sort of vision or some sort of excitement behind it, right? Obviously, Cavill looks good in the suit, right? And he's a good actor, but what he's done so far, which you could say you know has been outside of his control so far, has not been very exciting as Superman. So. I don't really have any real evidence in front of me to get me excited. It's all theoretical possibilities that it could be good, right? So, I mean, do I wait around for something theoretical to make me happy? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I, just, I'm going to put it on a little shelf in my mind and re- revisit it when something a little bit yeah. more exciting happens. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 great that, you know, um, they're keeping the actor, you're right. You know, it, it, it will be next year, will be 10 years since Man of Steel. Um, but, you know, there's always been an opportunity to to bring, you know, Henry Cavill in and do something with him. They just haven't. Uh, and, you know, well, they did. We're not going to talk about the other two movies he was in, uh, Batman v Superman and, and, and Justice League. But, like, you know, there's always an opportunity to build this character out more in between those, right? Um, and that, I think, is the exciting part. You know, Superman, since the original, um, what, movies in, in the, the Christopher Reeve era, have we really been excited for Superman on, on live-action screen? Other than his TV shows, right? Yeah, I mean, you're a, you're a Smallville casual viewer <laughs> at this mm-hmm. point. Um, you know, he's he's still got his own show on, on DC um, with Superman and Lois. I mean, he's always been, you know, he had, um, was it, um, 
what was the one they had that was in the the nineties the the Superman show. Uh, Lois and Clark. Uh, L- Lois and Clark. Yeah, yes. I mean, Superman is such an iconic character, just like yeah. Batman and Spider Man. He's always going to be around. Yeah. We're always going to have movies. We're going to have always going to have TV shows of Superman. It's just it's it's just part of humanity at yeah. this point in time. So yeah, I'm surprised. I'm actually I'm surprised that they're like holding on to Henry mm-hmm. Cavill because I feel like. I don't know. Can you imagine like a whole franchise launching off his back? Do you mm-hmm. really? Do you think there's three Superman movies, you know, that they can get out of him, right? To mm-hmm. kind of just like build out like a Blu-ray box I'd, set. <laughs> I, I'd give him two more because technically he has three. Um, it, if you include his three movies, he was in. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't. <laughs> I, I know you don't, but but uh, we're not. We're, we also don't get to release the movies, Mike. Um, but I think they could get two more out of him. You know, pretty pretty comfortably. Um, with that, you know, they did say, you know, due to The Rock going out and saying, like, he wants to fight Superman as Black Adam. That's that's the next thing he's going to do in, in Black Adam 2 is fight Superman. Well, he's now been backtracking all that talk uh, this week. He's like, actually, for Shazam, uh, for Black Adam, the fight with, with, with uh, Superman is not the next step we're going to be doing. So it, it sounds like they're... Again, maybe it's the, the Gun Saffron thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's the, the Black Adam producers. Like, look... We, we need to um, figure this out before we commit to that because we don't want to say we're going to fight Superman and then Superman's doing something else in another movie and just ruin everybody's mm-hmm. day. But I, I think Henry Cavill could get two more movies before they, they recast him. I think he's not the problem, right? I don't think he, like, you know, we, we don't have an Ezra Miller situation on our hands here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't have an actor who seems to be burnt out playing the character, a la Ben Affleck. So uh, I don't know. I, this is... It's interesting, like you said, to announce you know we're going to continue with them ten years later, uh, but without really having a direction of what they're they're doing with it. So, um, yeah, we'll 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 come back. To, like like you said, I think you said best. We'll shelve it. Come back to it when we get more concrete information. Um, I think Superman's got some really good villains. I think you know the idea of Brainiac, or um, uh, well, mostly Brainiac. I was trying to think of some other ones he had, but Brainiac's probably the best one they could they could do with him in there. Uh, same thing goes for the Batman. I think no one's surprised here that the sequel for the Batman is officially like greenlit, but mm-hmm. the uh, idea is that this will not be in theaters until probably 2025 at this rate. Uh, I don't know. Is it's Matt Reeves? Is he? He just takes his time, I guess, with his movies. Yeah, I guess. I uh, mean, power to him. Yeah, I mean, uh, also, I mean, how many how many other Batman are we gonna see in theaters uh, next year? Right, we got at mm-hmm. least. Affleck is supposed to be in Aquaman 2, Keaton in The Flash. Uh, you know, throw another couple Batman in there, Mike. You, you got any you want to see? <laughs> uh, uh, bat saturations. Bat, um, yeah. I feel, man I mean, bat. We need man bat. They're, they're doing, like, everything else. They're, they're trying to, like, adapt every other variation of Robin that exists, right, on TV, it feels like, uh-huh. and video games. <laughs> yeah. Man, that video game, Gotham Knights, is just getting beat to hell in the reviews right now. People are not liking that game. Um, so that, that that sucks for the game, uh, but man, I mean that's just just getting beat to ground. But yeah, Batman, Batman. I don't think anyone's surprised as he's going to get a sequel. So uh, we'll we'll see when that comes out next time. Uh, the other big news this week, which is <clears throat> actually completely unrelated to the Peter or the James Gunn Peter Safran announcement, DC, is that the Green Lantern series is getting completely reshuffled and is shifting gears. <laughs> no, 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 duh. 
I oh. mean, Green, Green Lantern, um, I, I guess uh, if you were a DC Comics fan, Green Lantern would be like a tier character. I love he Green Lantern. He's he, like he, my he, only one I enjoy in the comic books. Yeah, yeah, he is a Justice League member, right? And yep. he is, it's just like they ad, ad, the adaptations to live action just have not paid off yet. Like this yep. is just like a really big character out there that you can, I mean, you could hang an entire franchise off of this character mm-hmm. and it just hasn't worked yet. So yeah. it makes sense. That's like, let's not release something that's like weird. And there's but, like a, a show on HBO max, but then there's also a movie version of the character. Let's maybe try to shuffle this and well, make it work. So this is still the series version of it, um, which they were writing. So, uh, the report is the uh, writer uh, Seth Graham Smith has he left after the recent changes at Warner Discovery with the the merger and the firings. Um, so his scripts are now considered a tax write off. Wink, wink, David Zaslav, oh because we know what you're doing. Indicating that the cost of the show was the issue here, not the quality of the scripts. Right, like you could easily rewrite a script and save it, but if the show's going to be expensive, you write it off. Like this is the budget we had. You know, this was bleeding tube, whatever. Write it off. However. But, as we previously reported, uh, the they had picked really weird ass Green Lantern characters for this, like really like B, like lower B, upper C characters, like Guy Gardner in the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott, um, as like actors for this, and that's like really weird because literally you have Hal Jordan and John Stewart as like the main two, right? They've been in like everything animated shows, the. Uh, you know, most of the main things you see Green Lantern, you're either getting John Stewart or uh, Hal Jordan. So mm-hmm. they've re- revamped it. They've, they're kicking out these obscure Green Lantern characters and actually going with a John Stewart based series, which is going to be way better because people know who he is, and it's one character of Green Lantern focus rather than multiple um, Green Lanterns kind of floating around there. So. I think this is this is much better news for Green Lantern than than all the stuff we'd been hearing leading up to this for the show. Yeah, I wonder if you try to tie it into Peacemaker, right? The only mm-hmm. series on HBO Max that, you know, is positively moving the DC universe forward, right? Does it make sense to tie it to it? There is there still kind of this idea out there in the DC universe that uh, they're going to be these different worlds and these different realities just existing so they can kind of just make whatever they want to make, you know, because I don't know how the Joker sequel could ever factor in anything. It's such a specific mm-hmm. story to tell, right? And it would be weird to kind of shoehorn that into something. So Yeah, and, and they're definitely not doing... Like, the Joker and the Batman are, like, are going to stay separate. I think, to me, what is... I, I don't know if it needs to tie into Peacemaker. Like I said, you know, they need to build themselves up before they tie into another show. For sure, but I think there's opportunity. Like, to me, the the Green Lanterns are always very similar to uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? A lot of space stuff, a lot of out and you know meeting interesting looking creatures. The core are always, you know, the the people in the core are very different looking, um, you know, and look and are different alien species. So I think there's an opportunity here to have it out there. But you do bring up a good point now. That I'm sitting here talking it out loud. There were the aliens in Peacemaker. Um, uh, so you could literally tie, I guess, that part of it to the Green Lanterns, right? Like, hey, you know, there's a species trying to take over planets, Green Lanterns. Let's go figure out what's going on. Yeah, but, and I don't remember. I mean, I know uh, Peacemaker made references to other heroes and villains when he was, 
you know, in his show. But Peacemaker definitely establishes a, a universe that has already had heroes for a while. So mm-hmm. if they do tie it into the Peacemaker show, uh, is it an origin story for Green Lantern? Or, or has Green Lantern well, always been out there? Yep. Is there a new Green Lantern being picked? And maybe that's our entry point. Yeah, and, and usually that's, you know, as you remember from the, the Ryan Reynolds one, that's, that's how that movie starts to pick a new one. But how, with this being... Um, John Stewart. I don't remember how he got his from Hal Jordan because there's only two Green Lanterns per per quadrant. I think there's opportunity uh, to like I said maybe even not have it on, uh, or maybe he's abducted, not abducted. He's taken out in space pretty early on, and we're not on Earth until maybe the end of the the first season, and he brings it back. Uh, but yeah, like I said, the 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 Peacemaker stuff does establish the DC universe. Aquaman and Flash are both in there, so I don't remember if he made a Green Lantern reference either. I, th- I think that mm-hmm. might have been off the table, but um, to me, this revamp, this rewrite, this shifting of gears is the right direction to go for this show. Um, to pick a character somebody actually knows, they, a character people uh, you know have memories of and like can remember from. I was, a, I think it was uh, the was it the uh, Justice League Unlimited cartoon? He was in that one, so mm-hmm. very very. I think smart to to do that. So. I just want to know who who is going to be playing it, and who's going to be writing it at this point, right? Like that's the thing with all this. Mm-hmm. They can tell us these these project names all day long, but until someone's attached to it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. So we'll keep you guys posted. Are you you're still watching the Flash TV show, right? Every every week, every every time it comes on. <laughs> of course, no? yeah, all the time. No, okay. Well, there's still dozens of people watching it, Mike. Literally dozens. And the Flash final season is going on right now. And they are uh, bringing uh, in uh, Javisha, I, I'm probably butcher, butcher her name, Leslie, who played Batgirl in the short, uh, uh-huh. in the second season of Batgirl, uh, to play a role in the upcoming season. And this character, I have seen set photos of it. It could be a spoiler-ish, but I think it's actually really, really cool information. I don't, it doesn't ruin, I think, the season or, or the show. But um, would you like to know what it is? Yeah, lay, okay. lay it on me. I'd be curious. Spo- spoiler alert if you're still watching The Flash. I, you're probably not. But she is playing a character called the Red Death. Are you familiar with the Red Death in the comic books? I, I am not. Okay, so there was a, a series of books called Batman um, Dark... Uh, I think it was Dark Knight's Metal. Um, and essentially what it was, there are Batman from another universe who have gone on to kill the superhero, their evil Batman, take kill and take on the... I guess the abilities of one of the superheroes in that universe, right? So mm-hmm. the Red Death is the Batman who killed the Flash and got Speed Force um, abilities. So if you uh, Speed Force Batman, that's cool. Pretty much, and yeah, and and literally, it's it's an evil version, right? Because it's it's the Red Death. Like obviously, it's not a, a, a good version. Um, but yeah, if you go look it up, the 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 that oh character... yeah, I'm seeing it right. Yeah, I've seen this draw. I've seen this comic book yeah. character before. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got the bat symbol with the lightning bolt down the middle. So um, pretty cool looking character overall. I think it's a really good good design. The dark the Dark Knight's Metal uh, series was pretty pretty well received uh, overall. You can see some other like there's a Batman who's a Green Lantern, Batman who's like um, um a Doomsday. Um, you know, an Aquaman style Batman. You can see all of them if you look up the metal, but like the Red Death is pretty cool. But that's pretty fun that they're bringing in, instead of Batman, they're bringing in Batwoman who became the Red Death in that universe as a Flash character. So, um, you know, kudos for them to working out how to bring in um, this this actor back into this role for them since Batgirl was canceled years ago. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. Anyway, I think that's pretty cool. It's not enough to make me go watch the show, Mike, but um, I still think it's pretty fun. Moving on, uh, we're going to shift gears into Marvel uh, a little bit for the for, for a little bit here. And I think this news dropped, I believe, yesterday. Uh, maybe maybe early leaks on Friday, um, rumors. Uh, but but confirmed, by, I think, by deadline yesterday that they are Disney Plus is working on a, a, develop, a series is in development starring The Vision. And it'll probably be called Vision Quest. Um, since that's a comic book series um, of the same name. But uh, they're going to be taking, obviously, Vision, the white Vision from from WandaVision Mm -hmm. and creating a series around him uh, instead of putting him in a movie, I guess. Yeah, I guess we are kind of curious, like, where did that dude go? (laughs) He just kind of, like, flew off uh, GTFO, and we have not seen his pale pale body yet. Yeah, he he talked about being a boat or something, right? Like, hey, um, (laughs) we're some sort of boat metaphor here. what are you doing? Yeah, he went to he went to go uh, steal the ship of uh, uh, Theseus. Theseus. Theseus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he went he went to actually just study that. He's been been on that ship the whole time to study it. He's a, out. he's a grad student now. Yeah, exactly. I I think when you look up photos of the White Vision, because I've seen a lot of them, but this news, he, Paul Benny looks menacing as hell in that outfit. Mm-hmm. Like I really really like the White Vision look they gave him. Um, because I think it's like is it the he has black eyes or something like that, or the mouth is very like mm-hmm. pitch black. I'm like this just looks so cool, it looks so evil. But it's also funny that this is the second One Division spinoff series um, to be announced um, to be in production since since the show mm-hmm. wrapped up last year. So very fun to to see the effects of that trickling down. I do think Elizabeth Olsen will show up in the show. I think she'll do some cameos. Maybe not the whole show, but I think she'll be in it. I mean, I guess it just depends on when do you want in this universe to establish, you know, the return of Scarlet Witch. So they, you know, do you, if you kill off, if you quote unquote kill off a character in a film, do they have to be brought back into a film or is it fine to bring them back in a TV series? You know, how big of an event does that have to be? Well, I, I was thinking more of flashbacks or like, you know, him trying to figure out where his memories were, right? Because he's Mm -hmm. like, like, you still have your memories in your chip, like your your body you're you're literally a robot dude i i thought it'd be more memories and actually like bringing her back to life but i guess white vision is the story of vision coming back to life so there could be some parallel there i mean maybe he's the one that you know saves wanda i'm not saying he necessarily goes to that mountainside and like pulls the rubble off right but maybe him returning to himself you know somehow inadvertently like fixes Wanda in a way you know because I, I know I know people had issues with the multiverse of madness overall I enjoyed it and had a good time but it is a huge um, uh, like turn right for yeah. Wanda as a character to you know go through all of that you know emotional healing in her series and then to all of a sudden be a bad guy uh, mm-hmm. again for the film which um, it's a little hard to contend with, so maybe we can kind of like re- rejigger things and like kind of get her back on her on her way when a vision uh, I, kind of comes back. I think I think don't I don't think we need her anymore. I I literally think she she ended on a high note, and we can you know not bring her back to life. But I think they could use um, since Vision and her have memories from being together right for for several years before Infinity War. There's an opportunity to revisit those memories, kind of like the the what the most famous quote from that whole show, WandaVision came from, right? Mm-hmm. Like what what is um what is grief but of love 
persevering or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, there's opportunity, I think, to have maybe more moments like that and, and have the characters still live on in a, a better memory than that um, kind of thing. Like, oh, the, the stuff after that shows that she still was a good person. She had focus. She wasn't fully evil. She was just trying to get her kids back in her mind. But um, I, I think I think Vision uh, getting his own, own series is, is fine. I, I'd love to see, I'd love to know what other characters will be involved, right? Um, is this, uh, you know, do we get, because he was created by Bruce Banner and Tony Stark. Do we get a, um, do we get a Bruce Banner reference or cameo? Do we get uh, Ironheart to appear maybe in this one as well? Because she's kind of taking that, you know, very intelligent role. Maybe maybe even Shuri if if she's relevant at that time. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm sure Vision has the ability to uh, plug into the internet. I think he literally does to catch up yeah. on things. But uh, canonically, the Vision that we know and love does not know what happened to Tony Stark mm-hmm. after you know he got the gem pulled out of his head. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll need to do a little catching up. Yeah, I I do think there's that that interesting part in. Again, Infinity War, where uh, he's in the Black Panther or the Wakanda lab, and they're like copying mm-hmm. or trying to like get the gym out before him. I think they copied the stuff over, and I think that's going to play into it. Like they 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 have a backup of him at that moment, um, mm-hmm. and they're going to be able to find that somewhere. So, we'll we'll if that if that comes to my gut, we'll let everybody know. But we'll keep posting as more information rolls out on this. Uh, moving into two trailers. Ahoy, Mike. We have got two trailers for everybody. First and foremost, uh, actually, James Gunn related Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. Dropped a trailer literally, I believe, the day after the DC announcement, right? Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it shows that, you know, they are making this uh, holiday special a special presentation, which is what we all thought they would come to name these after Werewolf by Night. Um, looks hilarious. It looks to be more of a Drax and a Manta story, really, mm-hmm. than than any other characters. Um, as they go and get the actual actor playing himself, Kevin Bacon, in this movie. Yeah. And, well, it's it's all about you know doing these like Disney Plus things, uh, especially when it's only like a, the length of a special presentation. Well, it's all about the balancing act of like your big, uh, your big actors, right? You know, you're not going to get Chris Pratt for a solid, you know, 55 minutes, right? But you know, you could get Dave Bautista and I don't even know who plays, uh, Pantas, I forgot. Palm, uh, Clementif. Yeah. So you can, you can pull that off, but those are great characters to team up with, right? They're both just like oblivious, like very, like, just like, uh, floaty, uh, they're aloof, they're aloof and they're literal both at the same time. Like if, you know, theoretically, you know, Gamora is not around anymore. That's kind of seems to be the the conflict that they're inserting in this Christmas special. If she was around, like she would be maybe too logical, right? When she goes to earth, you know, she would probably get the mission done very, very quickly and not just be bumbling around, um, the Hollywood walk of stars. Right. Uh, so this looks fun and I can tell you this is going to be successful for Disney plus for one reason. I didn't even know the guardians of the galaxy franchise was on my parents radar, but I get a text message from my mother who is like close, closing in on 70 years old. And she's just like, Oh, when's that space thing coming out? Is that coming to theaters? And I was like, she was like, oh, wow, somehow my mom saw this trailer. Yeah. I don't know who showed her. I don't know how she got it. I mean, she yeah. did get an iPhone within the last year. Yeah. So she has uh, the ability to open up apps She's... now. So she came across it. So I was like, oh, no, it's on. It's on. It's going to be on yeah. Disney+. Plus. You don't have to go to the theater for this it... one. So if my parents out there 
yeah. are looking forward to this. I mean, that's that's a and, that's a good sign for Disney Plus. Uh, and and your your mo- your mother's also retired, right? Is that my understanding? Yes. So she's got some time on her hands. She like she's gonna yes. be eating this content up. But I think to me, this is going to um, really make every six degrees of Kevin Bacon game a lot easier um, because he'll be in literally every Marvel movie. <laughs> oh yeah, get a little, tie right to every Marvel movie. Uh, which is pretty funny. But honestly, I, I think it looks funny. It looks, you know, um, humorous. They're, I know everybody is, you can see like the, the Christmas uh, attire, you're right, on Drax and, and Mantis, I believe, when they're at his house trying to get him. Um, they're really leaning into this pretty pretty heavily. I think it'll be fun, right? We, we need a good, a good lighthearted outing because I, I have this really, really bad, like, gut feeling that Guardians 3 is just going to rip our fucking hearts out, Mike. Like, I, I hate to say it. Like, I'm like, I'm just terrified this, that show, yeah. that movie's going to just tear us it's, up. It's uh, going to be the last one with that crew. And just to clarify, in case my uh, mother is listening, I believe I aged her too much. Oh. She's, 60, she's 67, just to yep. set the record straight. Yep. But she doesn't look a day over 45. Wow. So all things are, are well. Yes. Thank you, Mike's mom. We, we appreciate <laughs> Lo- you listening. Love you, mom. <laughs> yes. Uh, and this is coming out uh, for her. Uh, it's going to be on Disney Plus November 25th, Mike, uh, the weekend, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, so mm-hmm. literally, um, don't worry about uh, which holiday you're going to be talking because you're going to watch it right before Thanksgiving and then go watch it again on Thanksgiving Day and then the day after um, whenever you're watching with family. You can you can do that coming up pretty soon. So I think that's, uh, that's awesome that's in November, not December for everybody. Uh, following, I guess the day before that, we I, I texted Mike this literally, I think after we got off the air last week. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, dropped a trailer this week. Um, the first trailer, official trailer for everybody. And I'll tell you what, this does not feel or look like any Ant-Man movie we've ever seen before, Mike. Um, I believe the stakes are the highest they've ever been. Uh, <laughs> and, and I feel it. It feels like a real, like, actual... Things are on the line other than a shrinking, um, you know, skyscraper uh, than that, yeah. you know, than anything else. Yeah, I'm curious how much of this film, like, takes place in the quantum realm. Uh, we obviously got to get a little bit more explanation of what is down there, right? Because the little glimpses that we've seen of it just kind of makes it look more like of this, like ethereal kind of like sciency fictiony place, but. It looks like now that they're stipulating in this trailer that there's like civilizations down mm-hmm. there, there's people and everything. So once you get down to the quantum level, is it actually quantum or have you kind of slipped into like another universe overall? Why is Bill Murray there? Mm-hmm. Uh, is this all existing inside of like a leaf? And if somebody walks behind the sidewalk and steps on the leaf, are they all crushed? Yeah. Uh, I don't think, so, I don't think no, that's yeah. the case. I say you, but, you gotta go much. I think you're, you're closer with the, yeah, the universe part. Yeah. I, I'm curious to, to also, um, uh, well, I guess that's not the way I wanted to put this. It, it, this was interesting to watch because we had watched um, off of the show. We watched a leaked trailer yes. for this that was aired at some convention. I don't remember. It's San Diego Comic Con. Some Comic Con, right? And that one has like a little different vibe to it. I felt like the leaked trailer seemed more menacing, mm-hmm. uh, and also you got a little bit more plot points with it too. Like Jonathan Majors in the leaked trailer tells ant-man that he needs him to steal something for him yep. where in this trailer there's no mention of stealing he's just he it, just says i need you to it, do something for me something very vague yeah well and he also i believe he 
in the other one, he's threatening, like, you need to do this for me or I'll kill your daughter kind of thing, number mm-hmm. one. And he's like, oh, I've also killed you several times before. Like, you're, like I've, I've gone through multiple universes and killed multiple yeah. Why is Why is King in the quantum realm? Is that where he's hiding out? Is mm-hmm. he just stopping by? You know, it, um, the original... The original Wasp, um, uh, is that Janet? Is that her, yeah, that's uh, her name, right? Yeah, yeah, Janet Van Dyne. Yeah, is it, she is spooked to go back into the quantum realm because she didn't tell everybody everything. And has she come across Kang already down there? Or is this just like a, just more of a general, like, hey, it's not all fun and games down there. Let's not go back. Yeah. Um, lots of questions arising for sure. I'm curious how this meshes with somebody like Paul Rudd, who is just walking comic relief. Not in a bad way. Great and entertaining. But we are taking it more seriously here so mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes but yeah like you said the highest stakes that ant-man has ever yeah. been um, it, not only story-wise but universe-wise like yeah. bringing kang into the universe who's got a whole movie well, named after him that's on that, the schedule knowing knowing that there is a king dynasty coming down the road and like not mm-hmm. every version of this character is called kang right because he was he who remains and loki so knowing that this version is the one that's going to be the one that's in trouble is is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Paul Rudd can pull off drama very well, you know, especially with the stakes. Knowing that you know they've they've recast the daughter as an older actress, um, it, there, there's a lot kind of going on here, and I, I like I like the visuals. It looks it looks different than any other movie. Like um, there's a lot like I said, there's just a lot to look at. Like you mentioned, ethereal. I, there's the Chronopolis city, which is King's like town. Like you see the circles spinning around, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, they have glowing rings!" So it obviously must be connected to the Ten Rings. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. think it's connected to the Ten Rings, but you know what? That's that's fine. It, I it's just it's, everyone's like, this is a new Mephisto, right? Everything's connected to the Ten yeah. Rings. I I mean I'm not ruling it out, but it is important to know that one thing that the MCU has always done really really well is they try to keep the visual identity consistent throughout all of their movies so even though you might have characters from other universes or from outer space or different sorts of technology like Mm -hmm. even when you see like simple things like armored plates or barrels on guns or you know shoulder pads right they they kind of all have like mcu vibes to them right you can tell they all kind of came from the the same art direction in a way in pre-production and they have a lot of great visual artists that work over there as well so literally there is a person like with a pencil that's kind of you know drawing this stuff out so that could always be the easiest answer too oh the reason that those rings look familiar is like well you put those uh pre-production artists and tell them to draw any sort of ring with that looks like technologically advanced you know they're gonna have similar like you know kirby lines you know stuff like that on on it so I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we, we shall see. We do yeah. know that there is a mystery behind uh, Shang-Chi's uh, Ten Rings. There's yeah. something mystical about them that's unexplained. So yeah. it wouldn't be out of the order. It wouldn't be unexpected to get a little bit more info on them. Yeah, 100%. Um, also, there we see um, Kang's time chair briefly, right? Uh, we get to see him in his blue mask several times. And one of them is when he's kind of coming down. Like they obscure his chair a little bit, which is his chair is very important to this, Mike, because his time chair allows him to exist in multiple realities at the same time which is why when he remains is like if you kill me you know you're gonna unleash worse versions of me this is gonna be the one that's like i figured out a way to prevent people from cutting me off from all these timelines 
Um, there's also a really cool inter- uh, thing. It looks like uh, Ant-Man's running in like larger versions of Ant-Man or like running beside him and like falling down. Looks like maybe like a time ripple kind of effect. Um, but I think the saddest thing about this trailer, Mike, and I, this kind of hit me in the feels, there is a, a moment where someone calls him Spider-Man. Uh, and it seems to be uh, an elderly man with a mustache and glasses. And I'm like, that was a Stan Lee cameo. That's what they wanted that to be. And, and we don't have Stan Lee anymore to be that cameo. Um, but uh, it looks fun. I, I There's still that little bit of humor. It looks The front looks like to be a lot of, you know, again, huge stakes and, and a lot of drama in this one. So I'm very excited to see them take this to the next level. Other than just, hey, they want to steal a shrinky lab that... That the we're running around a city to hide, but it's coming out February seventeenth, twenty twenty three. This trailer dropping just in time before Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Uh, moving on, uh, the Black Panther: Wakanda Forever is out and doing rounds, but this is unrelated because Nate Moore, who is also an MCU producer, not just you know Kevin Feige that's at the top. Nate Moore does other stuff. He confirms that the Eternals will be returning to Marvel. We have not seen the last of those characters, so it sounds like he, as a producer, has plans for those characters. Um, in some other movies, Mike. I don't know what they are, but we, I, I don't know if they'll get a, a solo film or not, right? So, are you yeah, surprised? You don't be, sound surprised. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a big, a big risk, right? I mean, it, this was the first time Marvel uh, missed, right? Uh, I would say critically, uh, the audience. Yeah, I don't know. I, was, I've seen the Thor: The uh, Dark World, and um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess, <laughs> but I think Thor: The Dark Dark World still. I don't know. It depends. Do you gauge the entire? industry of Hollywood based on Rotten Tomatoes, it's probably not the best idea to do that, right? Yeah. But it was headline-worthy enough to where Eternals was the first one to get that, you know, yeah. rotten headline. So well, it, it, I, that's it, enough to at least yeah. it, you know. It, it, we've always talked about it. It's always an asterisk because no one's gone back and reviewed the, the movies, like, once they come out, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't, like, go back and, like, oh, because we do that. We're like, okay, we compared the whole MCU as a whole. But no one's going back and like, oh, Thor the Dark World really is the worst one of these. Or like, Iron Man 3 is the worst one. Like, because like, you know, they're in that moment rather than... Uh-huh. Uh, at that moment, Thor the Dark World wasn't the worst movie. Um, or the, the, it was the worst movie and things have gotten worse. But like, I think there's a sliding scale. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of big name actors in that, that cast list. And I think you would be remiss not to use them or find a way to redeem them kind of thing. But, yeah, we, we just don't know. This is going to be a big question mark that everyone said. Uh, someone did say, um, I was talking to someone the other day, they were like, I really like The Eternals. They're like, it's my favorite MCU movie lately. I'm like, that is a unique standpoint that no one has said. <laughs> good, so good, good on them. Yeah, I mean, that's, everyone's entitled to liking their own movies, but I, that just kind of took me by surprise for a second. I'm like, oh, uh, most people lean into either Shang-Chi or Spider-Man or Doctor Strange, so uh, good, good for you. Uh, shifting gears, I'm not really shifting too many gears. We're, we're just staying in the same lane here. Black Panther, we're kind of forever. I had a red carpet event this past week, Mike. A lot of actors there. This is, we, we, we talked to her blue in the face about this movie, you know, being so much uh, and having so much on it. And um, the social media embargoes uh, are lifted. So people out there saying, you know, things about the movie. I don't like to take first, you know, opening day previews, right? Like, or I guess early red carpet event previews as much because... If you're going to be there, they're probably ready because you say good things about movies. Like, you don't say bad things. So, not going to worry about that. But they did confirm there is only a mid credit scene for this movie, Mike. There's no second post-post-credit scene for this film. Mm. Um, mostly because it is also 
uh, the end of a phase movie, but also they feel the mid credit scene was pretty good to wrap it up. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that this is the end of a phase. Really, <laughs> this being the end of the phase almost seems more like a schedule thing, not necessarily it was intended to end mm-hmm. a phase. I, I don't know about you, but this this phase, I would say this phase as a whole has been just kind of like, um, not really experimental, but like, uh, let's... Let's well, figure out. Let's try to refocus. Well, what what's going on here? Where do we go after these huge, gigantic movies have just rocked the world pop culture and the box office? We need to. What what can we do? Is there a life to the MCU yeah. after all of this? So I would say this was more of like a um, like grow almost like growing pains. Well, I would say I, uh, yes. Uh, you know, Kevin Feige. He's also you know because of Black he's out, he's out, you know Phase Four is about new introductions, right? And mm-hmm. I, I would agree with him, right? You you have so many actors, um, you know. Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. who left um, in in you know the end of the other ones. A lot of those actors you know kind of I wouldn't say phase themselves out, but a lot of them you know age them themselves out. Right, you you can't rely on them forever um, for for your franchises. So you know I, I agree. There's been a lot of new introductions this this time around, um, but at the same time, whether it's scheduling or not, I think with the Quantum Mania kicking off literally the next phase and, and King Dynasty being one of the two Avengers movies, I think that's important um, as well. Like, I think that's a good starting point for a phase. So, because um, Ant-Man 1 ended phase 2, or phase 1, no, phase 2. It was after uh, Age of Ultron, and, you know, it didn't really do anything for us there either. But, you know, I think it's fine. Uh, also, this week, um, Rihanna is back with a new song for the upcoming movie. She's not done music in six years, apparently. And she has one, uh-huh. if not two songs for this movie. The new one's called Lift Me Up. It's um, it, it's This is not something you're going to be playing in the club. This is very much a very uh, emotional, you know, driven driven uh, musical piece. So uh, we've included the link to the YouTube um, thing in our notes. If, if you have, have you listened to it yet, Mike, at all? Um, uh, no, because I'm terrified that there's going to be spoilers somewhere in it. I've just gone on a full Black Panther uh, um, uh, firewall. Gotcha. So I listened to nothing. Uh, will be getting in until I see yeah, the movie. I listened to it on Spotify or like the preview, like the Spotify preview. There's nothing in about the movie in it, so you're mm-hmm. you're good in terms of lyrics. If you come across, it. I'm not going to watch the the video, but it is on Spotify as well. If you want to have a visual free experience with mm-hmm. it, so there's that. One of the things I watched this week, Mike, was the uh, Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, which is now out on Disney+. Plus. I know you have not got a chance to watch this yet. We talked about it before the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is now out on Disney+. Plus. Six episodes. Three of them feature Ahsoka and three feature Count Dooku. Um, and they don't go in that order either. It's not like three Count Dooku and three Ahsoka. They're split up a little bit um, mm-hmm. in terms of this. And uh, I was talking to Mike about this and come to find out Dave Filoni wrote all of these. Uh, and that is fantastic uh, news for anyone who's a big fan of his Star Wars work, right? The, the Clone Wars, uh, Rebels, you know, Mandalorian, um, stuff like that. And they're all at most 15 minutes. Most of them, one of them, I think, runs 12 minutes. Um, so, uh, and that's with credits included. So that's a real. These are really brief run times. I was worried they were going to be like 30 minutes, right, or like smaller, you know, actual episodes. Two of these probably equal one episode. Uh, and um, it's it was it's it's a fun experience, Mike. I, did you have any questions about it before you jumped into it? Because I know I'm trying to get people to watch this. Because I will tell you, these are the most atmospheric Star Wars content I've I've, I've ever seen in my life. Like like this is not like a a regular episode of the Clone Wars. This is very there's a lot of silence, a lot of visuals telling the story rather than just relying on words and like people telling you what's going on. 
um, yeah, for it. no, I mean, we were talking uh, offline before we started recording, and I said I probably wasn't going to be watching these until I heard somebody tell me, oh, you got to watch these uh, shorts. I feel like Star Wars Visions yeah. kind of burned me a little bit. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get that time back. Uh, but you seem to be very, very oh. enthusiastic about this. Yeah. So it seems like I got to watch these and then you need to watch um, and, and, Andor. Yeah, no, yep. <laughs> and then we'll come back together because yeah. every single week, like I've been catching up with Andor and I've been wanting to talk about it uh, on the show, but we've either had like, you know, two episodes to record or we've had a lot of uh, notes to talk about or, you know, Chris earlier was on the fence whether he was going to jump back into it right now. But uh, Andor yeah. has been so good. It has been, I, and I, Chris, as he will text me all the time, an image of a crow on a plate. Yeah, uh, on eating <laughs> crow because, because because I only do that because he goes into our group text and he's like, you know, Andor's the best show ever. I'm like, this is not. <laughs> we did not. Four months ago, we were the complete opposite. We for years we beat the hell out of this show. It's, so it's just so unexpected. It yeah. came out of it came out of nowhere. I had such low expectations, and then all of a sudden, it's just like oh, I'm watching the best Star Wars thing possibly ever made it almost like act watching this will almost retroact retroactively make you think uh mandalorian is not as good as it is which is kind of weird because i feel like andor is the first time i've watched something on disney plus or something star wars related where they're like elevating the story on every level to the point where i'm like oh everything should be like this why do i have to settle but luckily mandalorian it's like it's a totally different vibe they lean really heavily into like the Mm. western theme so i'm not expecting it to be uh the same but like i'm just having such a good time with andor they all of the little details are paid attention to i feel like i'm seeing new things in the universe that i've never seen before which is really impressive for something that's a prequel but like yeah i never thought i'd be here on this show like begging people to go watch andor but it's amazing i've been seeing like good responses to it online as well i've just haven't really quite seen the big upswell of just like oh you gotta go watch it every once in a while it's just like a tweet of just like wow this show's good what what i hear you know in in, is it's a slow burn right and and you know this like it's not like you know, the first episode you talked about it's the first episode and the second episode, they just kinda end. Like you're like Well and, Yeah, and it's the whole it's the whole reason why yeah. it premiered with like three episodes yeah. too. Well, it originally didn't plan to do that. And imagine if it hadn't, mm. it probably would have had a, a maybe a false start, if you will. Nothing mm-hmm. bang show. But like it's a slow burn and I've got to get into it. So I I will definitely be watching Andor. Well I will have it done by the time the season wraps up. But in the meantime, you can take an hour and watch Tales of the Jedi because I think what you like, Mike? Uh, this this these short bursts have lightsaber battles, and I know you like some lightsaber battles. I uh, do like lightsaber. There are some pretty good lightsaber battles in this, and um, it's it's really like I said. If I say anything, I in in you know into your, to your point about and are seeing things that you don't see in Star Wars very often. These this does like I said atmosphere. It shows doesn't tell. Everything is very cinematic about the shots, and, and you really feel that Filoni like he he like probably storyboarded some rough storyboards like. This is what we want to do, um, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think it's fun. Um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, we're, we're we're in a good Star Wars place right now. And I would not having watched um, what was it the um, Visions Star Wars Visions. This is nothing like Visions, so you're gonna be you're in good hands with 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 old Dave Filoni. Just just put on your cowboy hat and pretend you're there with him. Like pretend it's <laughs> his cowboy hat you put on you. So we are we are in a good era for Star Wars. Speaking of Star Wars, this is. Um, I don't know how to feel about this. We're going to have to talk a little bit about this, uh, whether it's long or not, is that the next movie for Star Wars is now in the works. 
um, from Damon Lindelof, who has worked on such series such as Lost and the Watchmen series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he also wrote Star Trek Into Darkness, World War Z, and Tomorrowland. So, frowny face. I even, I even wrote the frowny face in the, in the notes, Mike, because I'm like, oh, those aren't good. Um, and this is a movie. But they already even hired a director, uh, Charmide Obeyed Shinoy. I probably butchered her name. She directed Miss Marvel. Um, you know, no complaints against her directing Miss Miss, Miss Marvel. Um, and the writer room, this is this is where the, the big fun part comes in, has been created in secret uh, with like six to seven people. And one of those does include Dave Filoni himself, Mike. God, I mean, those are the steps, right, that they should have taken uh, before they ever relaunched that original trilogy. This is this is what I wanted to hear. That third yes. bullet point, that there is going to be an idea of where this franchise moves forward. And it's interesting, right, because we're not talking about the Taika Waititi movie. We're not talking about the Ryan Johnson movie. We're not talking about the rumored possible Kevin Feige Star Wars movie. Oh. This seems like... Um, this seems like we are trying to relaunch the cinematic portion of Star Wars. Yes. And we're starting from uh, from from the and, start. And, this and, is where you need to start. Yes. <laughs> a writer's room. A, a writer's room because it's not just one person who you're relying on. You have a bunch of people bouncing ideas off of. And again, Dave Filoni, I believe, is the, the Star Wars Bible, right? He knows events mm-hmm. and characters up, down, left, right. Fantastic. And this movie is going to be set after the rise of skywalker film and it may have characters from those movies in it however it is not a continuation of the skywalker saga um so it sounds like their plan is to again like to go back to the cinematic universe maybe start new stories but this is not something to do with um the skywalkers or the palpatines kind of thing so the characters may pop up but it's fine to start fresh if you will it's like it's like where do you even take the franchise as a whole right it's so crazy because they occupy an area in space that's a galaxy. You have literally an infinite number of stories, right? Just look at all the stories you can tell about humanity here on Earth, and that's just one single planet, right? So there's obviously no limitations of what they can do, but like at the core, the Star Wars has always been about this big struggle in the galaxy for who mm-hmm. controls it. So like how often can you swing back and forth between this idea, right? Like you can like you can only build so many death stars so many times you can only blow up them so many times um so and also like the the uh once you get too realistic about it right uh like the the logistics of controlling an entire galaxy is like mind-boggling right mm-hmm. i mean you can barely control look at our own planet you can barely like control one country for yeah. a long enough time so i don't know how you do it with a galaxy so yeah it's i would say it's not an easy solution there's tons of cool stuff in star wars that you can tell stories about but like moving forward like how many times do we have so, to save the galaxy shouldn't we be in a era of peace now well, moving forward hopefully so <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna pull um <clears throat> possibly an idea here that came out of the expand the um star wars i guess is legacies right the expanded universe before disney mm-hmm. but um in that the trilogy that involved actually the uh solo children and luke skywalker's kids was um where they had to fight this uh, this race of force, um, I guess, immune creatures called the Yuzon Vong. So literally they just kind of came out of the outer depths of space, right, in the, in the galaxy that nobody knew they existed and tried to capture or like, have to, like take over all of the 
the actual like known space that was like settled and, and you know had like a a seat at the Coruscant table, if you will. Um, but they were Force immune, so like literally Jedi couldn't like the Jedi and the the Force people like Luke was training couldn't do anything for them. I think that's an idea, right? Like like an, like you mentioned, like an unknown, not necessarily. I don't want a technologically advanced race, but like maybe somebody who's like. I don't know um, who's, I guess, more, it's more primal, right? Than... I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at them now. Primal's a really good way to put them. They very much look alien, but in the sense of they, they you know, actors could play them because they have like humanoid bodies in a way, right? Yeah. So this could be a way to unite kind of like the light side and the dark side of just like, I don't, did the Knights of Ren all die? I don't even remember. Sure, um, why not? I think so. <laughs> But, like, there could be, like, some dark side users in the galaxy, some light yeah. side users. Oh, we got to come together. Be- yeah, because to it doesn't matter, yeah, if you're force sensitive yeah. or not. Yeah, looking at the – I hit the Google use on Vong. Uh, spelled Y-U-U. That'll get you started. Yeah. Um, and it, I'm getting, like, Star Trek vibes. Well, that's what I was going right? to say. It's kind of like <laughs> – like I was thinking Klingons, right? Klingons yeah. a little bit. Like, they're very, like – you know, down to like you can't use technology to beat them because they're not using technology, kind of thing. And you know, there's opportunities. And I say this simply because one of the I had to look this up. One of the um, Tales of the Jedi um, shorts pulled actual like almost word for word description for description out of a legacy novel uh, to create a, a whole episode out of that. Dave Filoni did. So I think there's opportunity for them to pull from stuff like this into into Star Wars. Um, right. It would be inter- it's it, I feel it's definitely like a dice roll, right? I wouldn't say it's it would guarantee that it would work uh, because it seems like so alien, you know, I guess pun intended yeah. to bring in like an outsider to this universe, but it would be interesting, right? All of a sudden you bring in somebody from outside the galaxy who doesn't know what you've been through, doesn't care what you've been through, doesn't know what a senate is and just and just yeah. like messes shit up, so that could that could liven things up a little bit. Yeah, and, and I think it keeps the war there, but makes it a different type of war, right? You, you're not uh, you're not building Death Stars, you're not building huge star destroyers over and over again. So um, I, I think there's opportunity, but this is um, I've got mixed feelings about this, right? Like you know, we we've been burned by Star Wars movies um, for so long, but it sounds like possibly. They're trying to take a step in the right direction with a writer room here to get the story straight first before making the movie. So, mm-hmm. we'll um we'll we'll keep you posted, Mike. I know we're 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 a little over. We're we're going long here, but let's keep going Star Wars real fast. The Ahsoka series. Ezra Bridger, um, the actor, um, it, it, the the character is rumored to get a live action series after the Ahsoka show. And the actor apparently signed on for that show when he was cast for the Ahsoka series as well, with the understanding that he will be in his own show later on. And this this would be in the uh, Mandalorian timeline. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because yeah, because um, in the episode with Ahsoka, uh, he that's where he shows up. Yeah, she's he's looking for Thrawn. Okay, gotcha. That's 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 all I that's all I needed to know because I have to think about what are the implications of who can cross over with this mm. character, right? Yeah, I think it, there's still the Thrawn, you know, the Ahsoka. He, I mean, again, Mandalorian. When he shows up in an episode, it makes it better, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think it's going to be bad. I just don't know much about where Ezra Bridger could go in a post. Um, I don't know, like a mid-range kind of kind of world there before mm-hmm. after six before seven. Uh, you've never you've never seen an episode of Doctor Who in your life, have you? 
Uh, I've seen one. Literally, okay. I've seen one. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. This is the other thing I've been watching. Uh, I found out there are very, really good uh, audio mixes for the older Doctor Who episodes. And so mm-hmm. I've got to mix that audio with the files I have, but I can make my own really good sounding audio quality ones. And it's been great. So with that opportunity, I've taken the opportunity to watch these with my wife, who's never seen Doctor Who before. So... Um, Literally after we started watching it, they made an announcement that new episodes of Doctor Who will be coming to Disney Plus outside of the UK and Ireland, where it's on BBC, mm-hmm. um, next year, starting next year, with uh, the new um, special starring David Tennant and Neil Patrick Harris. And I only say this because um, David Tennant has an everyone's MCU, you know, or Marvel knowledge because of his portrayal of the Purple Man and Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. And everybody loves Neil Patrick Harris, right? We need some Doogie Howser in our life. Um so yeah. do, do, do. It, it's a it, it's a good strategical get for uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, to me, it feels more like those deals when you hear about like, oh, CBS won the auction to carry, you know, the Super Bowl or mm. something, right? That like Doctor Who is like the Super Bowl for nerds, right? So they will follow the show where it goes. So yeah. good strategic pull uh, for them. Good on them. It is currently on HBO Max, but to me, this also rings of like. Zazlab wants to cut costs, so we're not going to license Doctor Who anymore on HBO Max. And this is like mm-hmm. Disney's like, hell, we, we'll take Doctor Who. Let's let's put it on our show. Uh, so, uh, and this is also Doctor Who starting two thousand five with Christopher Eccleston, who played Malekith in Thor: The Dark World, the evil elf. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of MCU people who started um, in Doctor Who and made their way to MCU. So, um, yeah, it'd be a great time to, to jump on next year with David Tennant, and Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, this news came yesterday, late late yesterday for me. Uh, Henry Cavill will not return as Geralt of Rivera in The Witcher season four. Which is yeah, this was this was interesting because you would think it's like, oh, maybe contract negotiations fell because you know you're transitioning from season three to season four, and uh, you know Henry Cavill wanted more money. But there was like a note pin that was released that like Cavill was just like oh no I'm all on board for this uh somebody else is gonna be taking the helm it was great while I was here to me it just seems like um uh, a mutual decision at a time where Henry Cavill wants to get back into the uh feature film universe where his mega stardom kind of more belongs right Mm -hmm. uh and also maybe he can kind of sense that like I don't, I don't know. Is the hype for The Witcher there anymore? Like, oh. they, they're getting a fourth season, so people are watching it, but I never hear really... When I, you know, get together with friends that are, like, super nerdy, I never really hear anyone talk about The Witcher. Obviously, it's all anecdotal, so maybe uh, Henry Cavill is just like, I'm going to get yeah. out while the getting's good and go be in, like, a well, Mission Impossible ne- movie or, you know, be Superman for he, a while. He, he was in Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I couldn't remember yeah, if he died, yeah. so I, I yeah. couldn't remember oh, yeah. if, he'd, if he'd come back or not. Uh, yeah, he took a oh, hook yeah, to he the like, face. He, yeah, that's right. He, like, <laughs> yeah. fell in, like, the helicopter, right? Yeah, because you're like, oh, he can totally live. Oh, no, he's dead. He's dead. So. <laughs> um, but um, that, I think there's that, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's a Superman. It may not be Superman. He he just, um, was Enola Holmes 2 is coming out on Netflix, right? Netflix mm-hmm. has treated Henry Cavill well, right? Uh, very well with the, with the Witcher shows. Season He's still going to be in season three, which is summer of next year. Um, you know, he, he, he wants to do more, more movies, and that's totally fine. Like, filming this show, I hear, is also, like, I wouldn't say torture, but it takes up a lot of time because they're on locations for a lot of it. So probably probably not as fun uh, for that. But um, Liam Neeson, or not Liam Neeson, Liam Hemsworth will take over the role uh, starting season four. 
and Henry Cavill has um, blessed him as his, I guess, um, successor in that role. So I don't think there's, yeah. like I said, no bad blood here, nothing nothing horrible sounding. This yeah, is- I had I had to reread those headlines a lot, right? Because I was like, oh, is he... Is he gonna be the same character? Are they are they bringing in a, like a, the brother of Geralt or something yeah. like that, or like you know another Witcher, which is something that you could do in the universe, right? Uh, but Liam Hemsworth, I mean, sorry Liam, but everyone always says like lesser Hemsworth, mm-hmm. you know, in like you know captions underneath his name. So uh, the, there's there's no way he fills the boots a hundred percent like Cavill. He's gonna have to just take the character in a different. I- direction can can i can i be can i be candid here uh knowing netflix how has this show made it to season four without getting canceled (laughs) like what what is the draw for them here is there something else we're not seeing because they also have that that spinoff series that just dropped right or is dropping yeah they have um animated all of those like animated stuff yeah they're just I mean, who maybe people are watching it, right? I mean, this would be the ideal time for Netflix to cancel The Witcher, right? I mean, you know, they have it all written uh, in all the headlines that they're, you know, not doing as well as they used to, and they're they're always canceling stuff. So maybe maybe they're banking on that new Witcher game coming out when this is right because there's a they did announce a new Witcher game the other day, and I'm like, well, maybe if that comes out the same time season four does, they could ride that wave. Um, Yeah. Could be a possibility. But, um, yeah, this is crazy. Crazy to think about. Lastly, this is going to be a brief one for us here. Uh, Avatar, The Way of Water, there's a new trailer coming this week, um, whether mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. So we're going to get our first, I guess, story trailer for this. And this movie is confirmed to be over three hours long. Ooh, this is going to be difficult, <laughs> considering you're going to be inundated with water yeah. the entire time you watch the movie. You're going to have to run to the bathroom all the time. Oh, my. I can't even swim. I'm, I'm going to be terrified. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. It's gonna, I'm going to be so immersed in, in Wait, this Wait, can you not movie. swim? I can't swim, no. I've never. What? I can, what? I can, what? I can survive a little bit, but I'm, like, like, what? I'm not that good at swimming. If, how long have I known you, and I'm yeah. just finding out now you can't swim? Yeah, yeah. When have you ever had an opportunity to be near water? I other. mean, I guess, wow. All right, well, this is a treat for anybody that makes yeah. it to the end of this long episode. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah fun fact right. about me. Uh, every, keep you away from water. Yeah, everyone's like, I'll teach me. you. I'm like, it's not about not learning. I'm just very uncoordinated in water, and I just can't I can't take I to did, it. I, it is kind of weird, right? Once you get to, like, this age in your life when you have full agency over yourself and you've kind of passed the pool party kind of you know era of your life it's very it's very easily for you to avoid mm. buys water until like you expire right well, that's, so. what, that's what life vests are for i can literally just <laughs> throw on a life vest and i'm totally fine uh but i'm definitely oh I, if, if there's a pool i'm like i'm just gonna sit in the uh the the waiting part of it and just splash, I'm splash on a, myself i'm gonna go on a log flume ride with you now are those like extra intense for you just because if the worst of the worst happens well, no <laughs> those aren't bad I I know how shallow those those rapid waves are in, in those oh log rides, but I'm also wow. terrified of heights. So if it's those ones that go up and splash down, I'll, I'll probably pass out. I'm what like, a way to end the episode! Yeah. A big reveal. Yeah. I mean, episode 400's next week. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was bound to learn something in these 400 episodes yeah. about well, you. Well, I'll tell you what. It's still a spooky season, Mike, and nothing spookier than to me than being in deep water. So wow. Ooh. Wow. Uh, All right, folks. All right. That's, that's it. <laughs> All right, this is it. We're going to wrap it up here. Mike, people will know what you're up to, what you're doing, where they can find you at. Oh, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And Chris, 
people want to find you and possibly save you from drowning, where can they yeah. find you? Yeah, well, you'll find me not in the water, uh, but you can find me on Instagram <laughs> at Valdan87 or Twitter Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Uh, if people want to know more about the show, what we're doing, go listen to our Black Adam review we did last week and get ready for our upcoming Black Panther review. Um, where can they get all that goody information at? Yeah, I'll keep this short and sweet because i got to go tell my wife that you can't swim. Oh, my God. Because I think she's going to be blown away by this, too. <laughs> uh, just just go to SuperheroSlate.com. No shame to anybody that can't swim. It's yeah. just like, usually I feel like you learn that about somebody very early yeah. on in, in a friendship. So it's just like the glass shattering Wait, in my head the, right now. Well, like, all, like <laughs> uh, all of these, uh, are you, would you ever go on a cruise ship? Is that like well, all out of the question? We, we've talked about it. I don't know how I take to the rocking motion before I'd worry about drowning. Oh uh, yeah. I guess it's a different, it totally separate, different issues caused by the same thing. You yeah. can't swim in. Yeah. We're, we don't have the Titanic going on here. Okay. I think okay. we're fine, but, but, but anyways, just, just so everyone knows, <laughs> Mike lives in LA. I live in the Midwest. There's no way that we would be together. Like the only time we get together you is like Christmas, like, and I'm like, you, we're not going near water at Christmas. You are landlocked. We're gonna find a an indoor water park uh, somewhere. But yes, superheroslate.com. That is where you need to go. All right. If you're a yeah. super fan, uh, share the show with a friend and a buddy, and tell him Chris can't swim. And we'll be here next <laughs> week for episode 400. That's right. Tell him I can't swim. Thanks, guys. We'll see you then. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe!